God, thank you for this opportunity to gather. Thank you, Father, for being in this place. And Father, mostly we just thank you for loving us. And you've demonstrated that love, Father, over and over again. So today we gather in this place to consider how we can demonstrate your love to others. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that's ours of serving in your name. We thank you, Father, for the depth of your love. And we thank you, Father, that we can be an expression of that love to the world in which we live. And Father, my prayer is as we look at your word today, that you would challenge us in our efforts to be lovers Christ's sake. Amen. Romans has been our, our theme. We've looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, over and over and over again, and how our lives can be transformed. Uh, and we, we are transformed because of the mercies of God. And we looked at the mercies of God. The first uh, 11 chapters of Romans talks about the mercies of God. It talks about what God has done for us. You know, the, because of God's mercy, we respond by saying, Lord, take my life and transform it. Make me into an instrument of your peace and power and love. And, and that transformation takes place when we make that commitment to Christ, when we surrender ourselves to God. And when you allow God to work through you, he transforms you, makes you into a new creature. Okay, we've, we've, we've talked about that. We've looked at that. And today we're going to look at the result of it. And today we're going to do that uh, commitment time. At the end of this message, I'm going to invite everybody to come forward and place their commitments on the altar before God. This is a spiritual commitment, nothing more. I'm not asking you to volunteer for anything. We're not asking you to do anything. We're just asking you to evaluate your life before God and say, God, I feel like you're You've blessed me in this way, and I want to do what is it that God wants to do through you because of his blessings in your life? What is your response to how good God has been to you? So, so that's, that's going to be our process today as we, as we work through this. And we've, we've looked at uh, two scriptures on love in Romans chapter 12. We talked about how, um, how we're supposed to love one another. And then again in uh, Romans 13, verse 8, both of those are in that last section. And, and love seems to be the dominant theme for Paul once you've been transformed. If you're transformed by the Spirit of God, then your life is going to reflect the love of God. How do you do that? You do it through service. Service for others is the way that we demonstrate the love of God first thing we looked at last week were the spiritual gifts, the grace gifts. Uh, that, that's the first acts of service, the gifts of grace that God gives to every believer, every Christian who has said, Lord, here am I, is gifted by the grace of God for some spiritual gift. Uh, I'm not going to go back over that one, but that, that was the first section. But now we look at some other ways in which God does that. 
John chapter 14, verse 15. Now, we're going to throw it on the screen, but it's on page 1068 in your pew Bibles, if you prefer the pew Bible. 1068 in your pew Bible. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, says the scriptures. John is sort of the, the disciple of love. And, and what he is saying here is Jesus was meeting with his disciples just before he was crucified. He, he told them this. If, if you really love me, you're going to be obedient to what I have said. That's what I was trying to tell the kids. If, if, we, if we love our parents, we want to be obedient to them. We want to please the one we love says John. So if you love God, you're going to be obedient to him. You're going to do what he commands you to do. Are you being obedient to God? Well, the deeper question is, do you love God? And even deeper than that is what, what the Paul is trying to get to, have you experienced God's love in your life? Because you see, the key to service, the key to loving God is having experienced it in your own life. And if you haven't experienced the love of God in your life, then this is going to go right over your head. You don't know what that means. What is love? Jesus demonstrated the love of God cross of Calvary. He died to self, and he lives for us. And then we come along and say, okay, how, how do we love? It's self-sacrifice, a living sacrifice. And becoming a living sacrifice means becoming an instrument of love that God can use in his hands to transform the world in which we live. And people, I don't know of any time in history that we've needed it worse than we do right now. And it's simple. A phone call. A card. A smile. The tension and the pressure that we're under. Of everything being different. And there's certain little ways, that things that we can do that would make life so much easier for those around us, especially people in, in the medical profession, for uh, law enforcement, for store clerks, for, for everybody that's stressed out because they can't provide and can't do, and they're overdoing and working, trying their best to maintain the services that we've become so accustomed to. And we want it, and we want it now, right now. When we don't get it, what do we do? Do we respond with love? Or do we respond with that feeling of, I want what I want and I want it right now? And that is the most childish behavior that I know. But that's what we're used to, and that's what our culture is saying is to take care of self first. But that's not what God is saying. God is saying to, to put others before yourself. 
And if we're going to be people who demonstrate the love of God, then we have to die to self and put others before our own needs. I hope you've heard that. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience out of love is a characteristic of the transformed life. John chapter 3, verse 16. It's on page 1052 in your pew Bible. But I think we know that one. John chapter 3, verse 16. Is love an action? For God so loved that he did what? He gave. He gave. The God who created us, the God of the universe, the God who created the world in which we live, loved us so much that he gave himself to us. Now consider this for a moment. What is it that you would give your only child to? God gave the very best that he knew how in order to demonstrate his love for us. So God not only says that we are to be obedient to him, but he demonstrated loving by showing it through what he did. He gave the very best he had. And friends, listen to this. If God will give you the very best he has, he'll give you everything else too. If God will die for you, he wants you to have the best of everything because that's how much God loves you. God wants you to have the best. That's why he has to discipline us sometimes because we follow after things that are not best. It may be good. We may like it, but it ain't good for you. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's an action. He demonstrated his love by what he did. We have God's example of loving. And can we follow his example? Are we willing to give the very best that we have because we love him? John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15. Again, this was Jesus just before he was crucified. He was talking with his disciples, and, and he was trying to prepare them to be his messengers in the world. Now, you're talking about a life-changing experience. Uh, the disciples went through a life-changing experience when they witnessed the crucifixion of their leader, who was no longer there. And then they had to take over his ministry and do what he began on earth. And we are to be doing that to continue doing what Jesus began when he was here. So hear these words, John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And this happened right after he was resurrected. And he was had fish. He cooked a meal for them on the shore after he was resurrected and what did the disciples do after the uh, crucifixion they went fishing because that's what they knew how to do 
But when, when Jesus encountered them, he said this to, to Peter. He said, he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? More than these fish? More than what you're used to? More than your profession? More than your boat and your nets and the way of life that you've always loved and done? Peter, do you love me more than all of this? Yes, Lord, said Peter. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. You see, if we say that we love God, we're going to be involved in the Lord's work. We're going to tend his sheep. We're going to feed his lambs. We're going to be involved in the work of the kingdom of God. Peter went on to become the head of the church in Jerusalem. It's also, uh, legend has it, that he was crucified, but he refused to be crucified the way Jesus was. He wanted to, he was crucified upside down. Do you love me, says Jesus? Do you really love me? If we love him, we will feed his land. We will serve his kingdom. We'll be involved in what God is doing in the world. We will continue the work that Jesus began. Do you love me, says Jesus? Feed my lambs. John chapter 13. Verse 35, John 13, verse 35, is on page 1067 in your pew Bible. John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what's the mark? of being a transformed person, of being a disciple. And by the way, there's a difference between being a follower and a disciple. The disciples had made a deeper commitment to Christ. The disciples had taken it to the next level. The followers had it in their heads. Oh, yeah, that, I, I believe it. But a disciple takes it out of your head and puts it in your heart. And that's a world of difference when we make a heart commitment. And they'll know, other people will know that we're Christians by how often we come to church. How big your Bible is, how, how well you know the scriptures, by how often you pray, by how good looking you are. How much money you give to the church, they'll, they'll know you're you, you're, you are a disciple of Christ because of all of these things that you do. That's not what the scriptures say. The scripture says they'll know we are disciples because we love one another. It is our love for each other. And the early church grew. They met together regularly. They had fellowship with each other. And 
and, and they and, and there was a such a, a positive spirit in that early church and the community around them were watching that the churches meeting together and sharing together and, and worshiping together and praising God together and the community said I want to be a part of a group like that and they were attracted to the early church and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved because they had love one for another and they expressed it to each other. They're going to know we're disciples by our love for each other. And herein is where the church is faltering. We can't even get along with one another, much less with non-believers. We can't agree to share together. We have to argue over something. It's not the music, it's the carpet, it's the, the, the preacher, it's... Uh, the look of the building, it's how cold it is, it's how hot it is, it's any excuse we'll do. We'll find anything to divide us and to separate us into our little groups so that we can fight with one another. We're notorious about that. But they'll know we're disciples of Jesus Christ because we love one another. I was on a panel here recently and they were talking about the black church and the white church and, and this group and that group and, and my call on that is there's only one church and that's the church of people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ I don't care what color you are I don't care what denomination you are I don't care where you are or what country you come from if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ then we're brothers and sisters and we've got to love one another we've got to learn to do that but what do we do we separate into our little groups and play politics with each other you know, we, 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 we try to think, I'm right and they're wrong. We've got all the right answers. So we use that political power to enforce what we think is right on everybody else in the world. You know what happens when you mix politics with faith and religion? It's like mixing manure with ice cream. It doesn't hurt the manure, but it ruins the ice cream. And that's what we try to do. We, we, we try to, to use our groups as a political force in the world today, and, and we hide behind our faith. And we use that as a, as a power tool to make people do what we want them to do rather than loving them into the kingdom of God. They're going to know we are Christians by our love for one another. Not whether you're right or wrong, we have to learn to love people who don't look like us, who don't agree with us. We have to learn to love people because God loves them. But we go in with a political agenda. We've already divided and separated. They'll know we're Christians. They'll know we're disciples. They'll know that we're that we really love God because we love one another. When are we going to do that? When are we going to start demonstrating that kind of love in our world today? First John chapter three, verse sixteen. First John chapter three, verse sixteen found on page 1,209 in your pew Bible. 
wrote this one. He said, uh, he said, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. It's one thing to say you love Jesus. It's something else to demonstrate that love. And we're not to just say it. mentioned that in his opening prayer that we become the love of Christ in the world today and there's many many ways we can do that many ways that we can do that every member of the body of Christ should be serving others if we're going to be obedient to the scriptures every member of the body of Christ is a minister of the gospel. Some of us stand up front, some of us sing, some of us play, but there's a ministry for every person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ because God gifts us by his grace. Every person has a gift, says the scriptures. A grace gift. A grace gift that God will use to demonstrate his love to the world in which we live. Are you using your grace gift to say that the kingdom of God? Are you serving the kingdom in a way that glorifies God because it demonstrates his love? Every person who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ should be putting their love into action, not Love in action is service. Love in action is service. Doing for others. It's an action word. It's a verb. Jesus asked each one of us, do you love me? Oh, really? And I have to ask myself that. I search my own heart and life, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very content being down on those 50 acres, sitting by my wood stove, cold outside, and I think about all these people out there that are hurting, don't have a home, or don't have food, and I, I don't know them, but how, how do I get to know them? I won't get to know them sitting down in my basement by that warm fire, I know that. So how do, how do we, as the people of God, put our love into action? How do we do that? It's going to take every one of us. Because you know people I don't know. You've got access to resources that I don't have. One way of demonstrating your love for Christ is serving one another through the body of Christ. And that's what we're going to do with this commitment this form and what we're going to do in a few minutes is I'm going to ask you to come this will be our invitation for today and place your commitments on this altar because this is a spiritual commitment this has nothing to do with showing off to the church this is a commitment before God 
that you're willing to walk down that aisle and place it on the altar and say, God, here am I. Use me. Now, this is just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. But I hope that you have read through it and prayed about it and reflected on who you are before God, how, how God has gifted you. What, what are the, the hand, You know, you say we're the hands and feet of Christ. This is an opportunity to show that. My question for this church is, is that just a slogan? Grow spiritually and serve boldly as the hands, feet, and heart of Jesus? Is that just a slogan or do you mean it? Are you willing to be the hands and feet of Christ? Do you have the heart of Jesus as we serve in his name? So, you know, if, if these are not all of the, the gifts that are, are that are put here. That's why there's another one on there. You may have another gift that you have. Put it down if God has laid it on your heart. And then the, the second part of that is what passions do you have? What, what, what is on your heart? What, what is, you, you've got these abilities, but what, what is your heart's desire? How to express that? Through what age group or through what ministry or, or through what task that, that God has laid on your heart? Put that down before God before God what is it that he's telling you and at the bottom of the sheet there are several checks and I hope that each of you have had a time to pray about those there may be somebody here or somebody who's looking at this piece of paper right now who's never received Christ as their here who need to rededicate their lives to Christ. Just, just like last week, we had someone do that. To, to, to rededicate themselves to, to the living God. Friends, this is not a resolution. This is not a, a wishful thinking of something that you want to do this year. This is a commitment before the living God because God has empowered you and because God has demonstrated his love for you. And out of that, you're going to respond. You're going to say, God, I'm trusting you with this in my life. And we lay it before him. And allow God to do the rest. Because it's up to him. Or there may be somebody looking at this form right now that, you know, you, you've never joined the church. Now listen to me. Joining the church doesn't get you into heaven. It only puts your name on the roll. But it helps you to identify with a group of people for spiritual fellowship and for spiritual growth. And so you, you connect with the church that meets at Round Oak Baptist Church. And if you'd like to do that, we invite you to do that. Become a part of what God is doing here. Let us love you. Now let me change that. Let God love you through us. Because we're going to fail if we do it on our own. We, I, I don't do a very good job of loving. You can ask my wife. I'm the kind of guy who, you know, I've, oh, Lord, <laughs> I've, I've got, come this far. I'll have to go the rest of the way. You know, I, I told her I loved her when I married her. If I change my mind, I'll tell her. <laughs> I love you, girl. I haven't changed my mind yet. 
But being apart helps us to, to be able to love one another, it, 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 to work together, to share together, to love one another. And I, there, there's a sense of family at Calvary. We're part of each other, and we can love one another. Serving through the ministries of Roundup Baptist Church. There are all kinds of ways you can serve God, all kinds of ways. But the church needs people to be able to minister in the name of Christ through uh, the church. And if you feel like God is leading you to do that, check that box. A commitment to attend regularly. I mean, come every Sunday. Be like the man who woke up one Sunday and told his mother, said, I don't want to go to church today. And the mother said, but son, you have to go. You're the preacher. That there are days that, uh, you know, you may need to do something else. But to attend regularly so that the family can enjoy your fellowship and can share together. And can we worship God together? Is there something bonding about that? And to give through the life of the church as God has blessed you. It, it's, a, it's a commitment before God. Whatever God has blessed you with, you're willing to share it through the ministry of this church. Lastly, to pray for the ministry of Round Oak Baptist Church. Everything we do should be undergirded with prayer. And if you can't do anything else, pray. Because that's a gift. Knowing that people are praying. And the last is put your name on it. Put your name on it so people can read it, please. It seals the commitment sign this and then you're going to place it on the altar before God and say God here am I use me I have with me today two commitments One from Ray Atwell, one from Janet Atwell. They'd been exposed to COVID so they couldn't come. But they asked me to pray with them. They also sent their tithe. Thank you. See how anxious he was to bring that down here? <laughs> I'm going to take these and I'm going to place them on the altar. serve him through the life of this church. We invite you to come now as the piano plays. You respond to what God has laid on your heart as we prayerfully consider these decisions that you are making today before God. Nobody will see these but three people. This is a nominating team is going to look at these in order to find uh, to place people in positions of service within the church and they will prayerfully consider uh, your commitments as we look at placing people in places of service within the church let's pray together father god thank you for what you've done and thank you for what you're going to do and father thank you that you're willing to use me lord that you're willing to use each one of us 
to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And God, that'll only happen as we demonstrate your love to the world. And tell people, know your love. There will never be peace on earth. Use us, Father, as we commit ourselves now into your hands. For Christ's sake.